Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The Browns are back from their bye and saying all the right things about making a run to the playoffs over the final five games. Their chance to prove it is Sunday in the rematch versus the Ravens. Here to discuss the must-win is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. Hey, Chad. Scott, how are you? Fresh off a bye, uh, a late one, but uh, probably much needed, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I do think the timing of the bye, I mean, I, I guess if the Browns go on a run here, we can say it turned out to be a good timing. But I, I think the lateness of it was not good overall. I think you'd rather have it, you know, week 9, 10 um, than week 13. And even Austin Hooper, the tight end, said we're taping this on Thursday morning. He said Wednesday that he thought guys were running out of gas um, in the last couple of weeks before the bye. So, you know, you, the schedule is what it is. You have to play with the one you get. Um, but the hope in the, you know, the optimism coming out of Berea is that guys are healthier coming out of the bye. They were able to tweak some things from a game plan standpoint and that they will be able to go on a run that, you know, everybody kind of thought they might before the season started. Yeah, you mentioned that in our rapid fire uh, last week in the pod that you wish that the buy came at an earlier time. So, you know, that's not like you're making that up here now. <laughs> uh, are you what do you think about Hooper's comments there? Is that interesting to hear, you know, someone say they're kind of running out of gas? Uh, you know, I, when, when you still have so much time left to go, I mean, is that a, a good attitude or do you think it came from a, a good spot? Yeah, I think he probably meant it more like, hey, now we're recharged and you're going to see a different team coming out of the bye, um, given the week off. But, you know, Kevin Stefanski said, hey, I didn't notice that. He goes, I, you know, I believe Austin and, you know, he's, he's around the guys, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's a long season. I do know that guys get worn down. Um, but I, I did think it was interesting that he said that because – you know, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed guys being tired. You know, you notice the offense obviously not having success recently, but I don't know how much to pin that on guys, you know, running out of gas. It's a long time to, you know, 12 weeks and 12 games in a row. Um, but it was interesting to hear him say that for sure. And maybe, you know, maybe fresh legs will make the difference, right? Because we've talked about this a million times, Chud. These games come down to one play, right? So maybe if you have the fresh legs and you're half a step quicker and you get the interception or you break a tackle, whatever it is, you know, that can be the difference between a loss and a win. And, you know, that's what the Browns need. They need, they need to turn those close losses that they've had, especially, you know, the one to Pittsburgh and the one to Baltimore, they need to turn those into wins. It's funny. I'm going to comment on two things you've already said in this, this podcast. We'll go back to the very beginning when you said saying all the right things. Yeah. I, I'm kind of tired of that though. Like hearing all the right things. Like I retweeted one of your tweets yesterday and it, it hit me when I read it. It's just like, you know, it's, it's like, let's just go out and finally do it instead of saying it, you know? Yeah, I, I get that. And I get that frustration, you know, from fans, especially. Um, I, I don't know what else the guys are supposed to do though. Right. I mean, you have to, we, you know, we talk to them, whatever, three or four days a week. You have to say something, and I like this attitude better than, you know, we're done and, you know, whatever, taking a woes me attitude. But I, I do get it when Stefanski says we need to be better, and he says it after every loss. I, I, get, that, I get how that wears on some people. Yeah. 
No, you're right. Good point there on, uh, you know, better than the alternative attitude, which we've, we've seen before. The other thing I want to comment is just, it, it just came into my memory early in the year. Remember you talking about if it was just this player, that player, that play, like one of three plays would have been different. The outcome would have been different. Do you feel like that's ended up being a, a theme? Like you thought, not you personally, but yeah. you know, maybe people thought fans thought that could have been corrected. That was, you know, um, analysis early in the year. It's really come to be something we've seen more often than not. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And, and I'll say that, you know, that's the way of the NFL, right? The, most teams are in the, you know, middle of the pack. Um, you're separated by so little. It comes down to injuries, a play here, a play there. Now, there's a few teams that separate, right? And where it doesn't feel like every game or most games come down to that one play, whether that's Green Bay or Tampa Bay this year, or certainly the Cardinals, the way they've played. But, you know, once you get outside of that top, whatever, three, four teams, you know, then you have the real bottom feeders. There's a large group in the middle that it does come down to that. And it's who makes the plays at the right time and who gets the right call. You know I mean? I don't want to put too much of it on luck and injuries, but that certainly is a factor And the guys have to overcome that. Right. I mean, that's the key. The Ravens have had more adversity than, you know, maybe any team in the league this year, yet they have figured out a way to win games more times than not. While the Browns who've had their fair share of adversity have not overcome that enough. And that's why they're six and six and the Ravens are eight and four. So, you know, it, it's doesn't, it's not a stretch for me to say, yeah, the Browns should have beaten X, Y, and Z and be eight and four. Um, but when you get to the end of the season, uh, you know, to quote Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. And there's <laughs> reasons for that. So I, I can kind of look at it both ways. Like, yes, this team, you know, has underachieved, in my opinion. It hasn't certainly hasn't met my expectations through 12 games. And I can, but I can point to reasons why. Um, but if we get to the end of the year and the Browns are nine and eight or eight and nine, um, it's to me, it's going to be more about what they didn't do then. Oh, they caught a couple of bad breaks because, you know, 17 games, you have enough time to kind of fix those things that don't go your way. You know what I mean? Where you, you have enough control where at the end, I don't think, we'll be looking at one play here, one play there. It'll be more of – it'll be general themes, like inconsistency and quarterback play and those kinds of things. Looking ahead to this this Sunday's game, are you concerned that the Ravens will just do what they did last time and just, you know, mm-hmm. force, force the Browns to pass, stop the run, and make Baker beat you? And obviously it worked for them last game. I mean, it wasn't like they blew them out or anything, but – you know, at the end of the day, they get the win. Was it 16 to 10? Right. Uh, you know, are, are you concerned that will be a, a similar similar formula? Yes. Now, I had a few points on that, Chud. And we're going to talk about – I had an interview with Kurt Warner on Tuesday. And we'll get back to that later. But one of the points that's relevant to this question is um, he said the Browns did enough where they could have fairly easily won the game. So – you know, his point was, you know, if you take away the Jarvis Landry fumble and if Donovan Peoples-Jones catches the ball in the first drive at the 10-yard line, you know, and Baker had the fumble on the perfectly set up screen, all of a sudden the Browns score whatever it is, 21, 24, and they win the game. So, yes, the Ravens had a good game plan that 
made Baker Bayfield beat them. But the Browns, the plays were there to be made and pretty easily there to be made. The scoring opportunities were there that they still could have won the game. So that's number one. Number two, what's changed between November 28th and December 12th is Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens' best corner, is on injured reserve with the torn pectoral muscle. So does that change what the Ravens are going to do schematically? Because they're already beat up in the secondary. They don't have one of their starting safeties. Um, Marcus Peters, their number two corner, hasn't played all year. They got other corners that are on the injury report. Jimmy Smith missed a bunch of the year and just came back. So, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield still thought, or at least especially Baker, thought that the Ravens would not change identity, that they would still blitz and still put a bunch of guys on the line of scrimmage. But without Humphrey, there's a chance that they don't. There's a chance that they play less aggressive. So we have to be aware of that. But even if they do, let's say that they go to – they have the same game plan as they did in Baltimore. The question for Kevin Stefanski, coordinator, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, then becomes it's strength versus strength, right? The Browns' run offense is a strength. The Ravens' run defense is a strength. So do you do that? Do you say, hey, we're going to – we're going to try to play to our strength despite what the Ravens do best, or do you try to attack their weakness, which is the pass defense and was even with Marlon Humphrey healthy. Um, but obviously that's not the strength of the Browns, right? I think they ranked 24th in the league in pass offense. We know Baker's inconsistent, so we know the issues at receiver. We know that there's going to be issues at tight end because Harrison Bryant's not going to play with a high ankle sprain, and David Njoku might not play because he's on the COVID list. So I, I think that's a fascinating discussion is if you're Stefanski, how do you attack what's your game plan, right? Is it strength versus strength or weakness versus weakness? And I don't know which way he's going to go, Chud. Well, it's not just Baker struggling, too. And you even said you didn't think he played horrible against them last time, right? No, I mean, he threw for 247. He hadn't thrown for that many, I want to say, since the Chargers game. Um, no interceptions. The bad fumble, which, you know, it happens. Guys, the ball slips out of guys' hands. It's terrible timing. Um, obviously, he's not trying to do it. It's not a bad decision. I, I thought Baker played pretty well. And, you know, we'll talk about the Warner thing. Warner broke down every play in the first half, and the fumble was the only one he blamed Baker for, right? So, you know, obviously the offense didn't do enough. He only scored three points off the four Lamar Jackson interceptions. But, yeah, I, I don't blame Baker for that game. Um, now, you know, if you come out and say, hey, we're going to – I think the danger is if you come out and say we're going to throw it, we're going to throw it, right? We're going to attack their weakness, and we think we have good plays. If you fail early, then I think it's a bad tone because then how do you turn to the run game, you know, then you turn to the run game. Then you're beating your head against the wall. Then the Ravens have some confidence, and you now you're going strength versus strength. Um, I, I think it's a difficult call for Kevin Stefanski. And you know, you know, I mean, you're on Twitter, Chud. You know, people want him to run the ball more, right? They got away from the run too early against Baltimore, and you know, the Steelers <laughs> kept running in the second half last week in a similar type of game. And I get that. I also understand if you're the play caller and you're averaging two yards a carry, and Nick Chubb's got nowhere to run. Um, do you do, do you keep beating your head against the wall, right? I mean, that's that's the question that dogs every play caller, and it's difficult. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's difficult to stick with that if you're not having success. Um, 
is a play caller. So I, I don't know where Stefanski is going to go with this. My guess is he's going to try to find that balance between establishing the run, but throwing the ball enough to try to soften up the Ravens. You know, and he talked about explosive plays, and that's how you beat a stacked front, right? If you make a couple of explosive plays, there's a lot of grass in the secondary. It's what he said when there's so many guys at the line of scrimmage. And that is a way to soften up that – either soften up the defense to number one or just score points, score quickly with a couple of big plays. So I think he'll try to find a balance, but I, I'm really not sure which way he's going to lean toward. Yeah, it's frustrating, though, when you see a team like the Patriots, what they throw the ball three times, and you know they're going to run the ball, and they just run it at you, and they dominate you, and they win the game. You know, if, if the Browns' identity is running the ball – they have these two great running backs, the offensive line they have, you know, hey, I know it's the Ravens. They have a tough defense, right. but why not just do what you do best and just go for it? Yeah, I mean, I get that. I really get that argument. You know, I will say the, the, the Bills run defense is terrible, right? I mean, they've given up. Uh, somebody ran for 237 yards against them, I think, was the number earlier in the year, right? They're awful, and they couldn't. they still couldn't stop the Patriots when they knew they were going to run. The ball, yeah, right. the Ravens is a, the Ravens is a different animal. Um, yeah, good right. Point. But 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 I get the hey, this is our identity. Let's establish it. I, I do understand that. Um, again, I think it's difficult as a play caller. You don't want to be in second and eight all day long, right? I mean, if you're going to throw, you're better off throwing on first down. You know, the numbers suggest that. The data says, hey, you know, throw when teams think you might run, especially when you don't have a dominant passing attack. So. It's not the easiest spot for Kevin Stefanski to be in at all, um, especially, like you said, when you have Chubb and Hunt in the backfield and we talk about playmakers and getting the playmakers your ball or getting the ball, um, the easiest way to do that is hand it to them, right? So I don't think he's going to abandon the run, but I'd also be surprised if he came out and just said, we're going to run right into this nine-man front. I, I just think – I just think he's kind of too smart for that. No, you're right. And, and I just wrote a piece that's going to air tomorrow on uh, Go, on the uh, morning show. And I basically said, there's a lot of keys, Scott, you could come down to. But ultimately, at the end of the day, in my piece, I'm saying, you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to grab it here. Uh, I, this is what I wrote. Yeah. I said, yeah. the Ravens stopped the run last time. Why wouldn't they try it again? Baker Mayfield, you say it's crunch time. You're confident in your health. Their secondary is banged up. It's time for you to deliver and lead this team to victory. That's what I wrote. Yeah, I think that's fair, Chud. I, I do. Um, and uh, that leads me – do you have anything else? Because that leads me to my Kurt Warner discussion. Yeah, I thought that would get us right there. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, the, the reason I felt the need to talk to Kurt was and obviously Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl champ, two-time MVP. So he knows what the heck he's talking about, right? The reason I felt the need to talk to him because he went out of his way to put out a 16-minute video on social media about Baker Mayfield's first half against the Ravens. And he said he thought, thought Baker was getting unfairly criticized for the offense scoring only three points off those three straight Lamar Jackson interceptions, right? Three second quarter drives, three interceptions, Brown scored three points. So Warner went through every throw that Baker had in the first half. And he starts with the first one, and it's a completion of Landry on a slant. And 
Yes, it's a completion, but Warner points out the footwork's a little sloppy. The timing's not perfect. If he throws it a uh, step, you know, instead of a four-step drop, if he does a three-step drop, he hits him in stride, and maybe it's a much bigger play, right? But it's still a completion, but he points out the negative. Then he shows a good throw by Baker. Then he shows a really good throw by Baker with Peoples-Jones drops. That leads to a missed field goal. Instead of three or seven points, it's no points. Not Baker's fault. And that's a theme from Warner, right? Not Baker's fault. He throws a play. He throw, shows a pass to Nick Flat, Nick Chubb in the flat. And it's an incompletion. And you would think, well, Baker made a bad throw. But it's really Chubb takes the wrong angle on the route. Baker throws it where he's Chubb's supposed to be. Chubb's not there. Incompletion. Looks like Baker's fault. It's not. Um, he makes a good throw to Njoku over the middle. Njoku drops it, right? So he goes through and he says, Baker's making a lot of good decisions. He's making a lot of good throws. So I, I think that's important, right? It's easy to pile on Baker. He completed under 50% of his passes. It's a three-game stretch where he's barely above 50%. The numbers are bad. But Warner looks at each individual case and says, it's not Baker's fault. So my question, my first question to Kurt was, yeah, but he also had a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter and didn't. And that's four times this year. Doesn't that, at some point, don't you just say, he's got to get it done. And Kurt agreed with that. He said, yeah, there's an element to some guys have that big play gene, right? The big moments. They make plays in big moments. Some guys don't. He goes, I fully believe in that. He goes, I'm not ready to say Baker's one way or the other. He goes, just because it hasn't happened four times this year isn't all Baker's fault. Doesn't mean he's not the right guy. Doesn't have the right makeup to do that. And, you know, I think you point to the end. We talked about this last week, Chuggy. At the end of that Ravens game, Wills is beat for a near sack. Hooper drops the ball. Njoku doesn't break a tackle. I got a hard time blaming Baker for that. Just like against Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter, Landry has a fumble and two drops. I have a hard time blaming Baker for that. But when you take the step back and look at the big picture, it seems like too many examples of Baker not getting it done in the fourth quarter. And Kurt tended to agree with that, but he wouldn't he, like he wouldn't take that next step. Like he needs more of a sample size. And he was the same way with Baker overall. Like we talked about, okay, what do the Browns do with Baker Mayfield? And he said, obviously he's not to this point played like a championship caliber quarterback. I'm not saying he can never play like one. Um, so he's still like, he still wanted that wiggle room. He said, you know, I'm not ready to make a decision after less than four years, but I haven't seen enough to this point. And I think a lot of us agree with that. There's some Baker defenders that would argue that, that yes, he's shown enough. He's played at an elite level at certain times. Warner's not ready to go that at all. What I think is scary for Browns fans. And I wrote this in the story that's on brownzone.com is the names that he threw out, right? He kept saying, hey, you can't blame Baker that he's not Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, right? That's not who Baker is. There's few guys in the league like that. But the other names he brought up were Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. His point being, Washington decided not to commit long-term money to Kirk Cousins because they didn't think he could win a championship. The Bengals were satisfied with Andy Dalton for a long time because he helped change the culture and took him to the playoffs. But at some point they said, we need a guy that can win a Super Bowl. And if those are the two names that he invokes when you're talking about Baker Mayfield, I think you're for fan, 
Not that that hasn't gone through your head because I've thought about both those guys plenty of times with regard to Baker, but if those are the comparison, then how can you pay him what he's probably going to want to be paid? Right. And I'm not trying to jump ahead to, you know, the off season, but these are the big picture questions facing the Browns. And Warner said, it's certainly a dilemma that this organization is going to have to decide. Did you ask him? And if you didn't ask him, do you feel that the contract situation and the whole thing around Baker Mayfield weighs on this team or affects them at all on game day? We did not talk about that. That's an interesting thought, Chud. You know, Andrew Barry got asked about it last week, and he didn't think so. He thought that Baker, you know, he said Baker was one of the most mentally tough guys I've ever been around. He doesn't, you know, he leaves it to his agent, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't think it has an impact on game day. I'm less certain about that. You know, I don't think it, the rest of the team cares um, or is affected. But, you know, we're talking life-changing money, right? Even for a guy that's already made life-changing money, we're talking about life-changing money. And, and even if you take the money part out of it, right, it's, it's, you know, how you rank in the league, right? It's prestige. There's, hey, I'm the number one pick. I got a huge contract, Right. Like, even if you're not, even if you don't care money, he's making a bunch of money from progressive, whatever. Um, just the fact that, hey, this team has yet to commit to me. Um, I, I think it's only human for that to have some factor in how he's played. Wow. That's some interesting stuff from Warner, man. I'll tell you, when you bring up those two quarterback names that you mentioned, uh, did he have anything else uh, that, that he, that really stood out to you that he um, talked about? Yeah, you know, I didn't even get to include it in the story because it got too long. Um, he was really irritated by Odell's dad, the video by Odell's dad. And, like, that was, that was part of the reason he felt motivated to do that video. And a part of it was he thought analysts were um, killing Baker for no good reason. But he mentioned yeah. the dad video part and just said how it irritated. I think the quote was, it irritates me to no end. Um, you know, he said, I got guys, I have people around me that have tried to defend me. And I kind of remember an issue where I think his wife was vocal about defending Warner at some point. Um, but he said, it's different to defend me than to attack somebody on my team. Right. So um, I thought it was really interesting how, you know, a guy that's been retired for a while now still gets so fired up about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, you know, that was one of the key points or one of the things that I thought was interesting. And a lot of it was just, you know, where Baker is and how do you set the expectations? He said, you know, and I'll bring back to Mahomes and Rogerson, because one of the things Kurt said was, you know, I, I think the Browns, Baker and the offense are better off in the play action and the heavy run game right there. He goes, they're not a drop back quarter of drop back passing team. And I said, well, isn't that an indict indictment on Mayfield? Right. Like if you can't trust your quarterback to drop back and throw it 40 times a game, at some point, don't you say, man, we don't have the right quarterback. And he said that it's not because you can only expect something out of a guy if you've seen it before. And he says he doesn't think he's seen Baker excel in that role. You know, and he said, I didn't watch him a bunch in Oklahoma, but I haven't seen that in the NFL. And it's an interesting thought because, you know, Baker threw it a bunch in Oklahoma, but it's a different system, right? It's the NFL. It's a big, it's, you know, it's a big 12, not the NFL. Baker threw it a bunch as a rookie without the play action, but it was a different system. You know, there were more interceptions. Like 
there's, you know, there's kind of give and take with it. But his point is we can't expect him to play like Mahomes and Rodgers because that's not who he is. So you have to, you know, you have to game plan to his strengths. And he feels like Stefanski's trying to do that. Um, but he, ju- he realizes and he acknowledges the limitations that Baker has. And, you know, that, le- that led into the Cousins, Dalton, um, you know, can you commit to this guy long-term kind of thing? Now, he wasn't ready to write off Baker. You know, like I said, and he thinks you need, he needs more time to make that decision. But he's clearly, if you haven't seen it to this point, you would think that he, he needs to be swayed, right? He needs to be convinced by something Baker does that he can be a championship guy. And, you know, that's a harsh realization for, you know, a guy that was number drafted number one overall just, you know, three-plus years ago. Did you ask Warner what is the most difficult thing to bag in the grocery store? Did you not go there? Not go there, probably. I didn't have time, Chuck. I'm telling you. I think I asked – I think I talked to him for 25 minutes and asked five yeah. questions. His answers yeah. were like five-minute long. long answers. Yeah. Oh, man. He was great. When's that – when's that – When's that article? Have you put that out yet? I just posted it this morning. I posted it like uh, eight o'clock this morning. So yeah, I encourage people to check it out. Cause I, I thought it was interesting. Um, and just another quick plug. I talked to Troy Hill Monday about that scary neck injury. It's the first time he talked about it and how it's love of the game. The reason he's playing, right. He said, some guys could just kind of roll it up because I love the game too much. Um, said he was lying on the field. And when they called the stretcher over, he said, he said, I got to get up. I got to get up. Like, he, he was starting to panic. Um, and then finally, when he got the MRI and the x-rays that said there's nothing serious, he could relax. But he said that really freaked him out is when they started to call for that cart. Wow. Well, moving on uh, to this game, you got one team coming off a bye and, and one team coming off a dramatic, heartbreaking yeah. loss. Let's let's talk about the Browns first of all. How how did they say they use the bye week, and you know what what do you think are the instrumental things that come out of of a bye heading into this game? You know, because yeah. you know it always stinks when you have that much time to think about a loss like they had. Uh, you know, where are they sure. at physically and mentally? Yeah, I think physically, it's guys getting healthier, right? And it starts with Baker. Um, he said, you know, he feels much better, right? He's continuing that upward trend of getting healthier and thinks the, the week off of rest in the bye. He went to Arizona, went back to Austin for a little bit. Um, things that really helped him physically. I think overall guys just feel better from not, from having a week off, whether it's Kareem Hunt with his calf, it's Jarvis Landry with his knee, right? Um, now, Anthony Schwartz, the rookie receiver, is still in concussion protocol, so it's not looking good. Uh, you know, I guess there's a chance he could practice over these next couple of days, but looking like he'll miss his third straight game, which is bad because you talk about explosive plays and deep shots and loosening up a defense, and he's your best option to do that. Um, Najoku being in the COVID protocol is not good. He said he was symptomatic, asymptomatic, symptomatic-free, or symptom-free. Now, it's still a long shot that he does, you know, that he can get back in time to play Sunday, but it's not ruled out, and again, you know, for a team that relies on its three tight end packages, you're without Najoku. You're going to be, you might be without Najoku. You're definitely going to be without Harrison Bryant. Um, all of a sudden, you have to change things pretty dramatically on offense. 
Um, and Najoku's also one of your deep threats, right? So when we talk about run versus pass philosophy, you have to take that into consideration, right? Do you have enough quality guys to throw to down the field? Um, so I think, so one is they're mostly healthy. Those are just a couple of guys that probably aren't going to be there, but they're mostly gotten healthier. And then Stefanski and his staff spent time trying to just find minor tweaks, right? You can't overhaul everything, especially at this late stage of the season. But you can find a couple of wrinkles off your plays, right? If, if the NFL has come to think, okay, they love to run this play, and Hooper talked about that. Hey, yes, we have our tendencies. Teams know that. That's how the NFL works. But this is a perfect time to – run something different off of those tendencies. And again, when every, when games come down to a player two, you know, maybe if you're, you know, you run that slant flat route that the Brown, the Warner's video showed him run it like five times in the first half. It's this concept where the receiver runs a slant, the inside guy runs a flat, depending on how the defense covers it, you throw either or. Well, maybe there's a play off of that. Maybe the flat guy turns that into a wheel route and you hit a big play to the slot guy. Right. I mean, something like that, something that seems small, but you have the extra time in the bye week to analyze it and figure it out. And that's the kind of thing I think Kevin Stefanski is going to do on offense. On defense, maybe Joe Woods finds another role for JOK, right? Maybe figures out a blitz that's going to work against Lamar with JOK. Just minor things like that, um, you know, and then you could throw out stuff that's not working, right? But I, I think that's what we're talking about. We're not going to see a completely different system, but we might just see just enough that changes a game and gives defenses something else to think about. What I do think is one chance for a significant change is more Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb together in the backfield. That makes sense to me. Um, that doesn't, it, it, can be on, it doesn't have to be in the backfield, but just at the same time. Maybe Kareem Hunt in the slot, Chubb in the backfield both of them in the backfield, just something to get two of maybe your two best playmakers on the field together. And I think that's something you could have added to the repertoire during the bye week. Yeah, it's a good point. Now let's go to the Ravens. Oh, man, that game. Did you watch it? I did. Four o'clock. I rewatched the first half this morning, yeah. Ravens, Steelers, four o'clock. You hate both teams, but I got to tell you, that's the type of football, the four o'clock game when it, we've talked about this before, where it gets dark out and it's just those two teams going at it drama till the end. Uh, you know, the Steelers come back and the Ravens take the lead. Then the Steelers get the lead. Then the Ravens have a chance to tie the game, but they decide to go for two for the win. I mean, what an unbelievable uh, finish that was. So the Ravens are coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Steelers they really had a chance to, you know, pull away in the division. Now they're eight and four Bengals are seven and five Steelers are six, five and one. They play tonight in Minnesota and the Browns are six and six. So where do you think they're at coming off of that loss? Yeah. Here, I think it was a great game Joe. There's no doubt about it. And one of the things that sticks out to me is Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, no matter how they play for three and a half quarters, we'll have a chance to win the game at the end, right? And they, and they proved it again with that late touchdown drive. Um, obviously, going for two didn't work. It was a good play call. You know, I've seen a lot of people blame Lamar for that throw. It felt to me like Mark Andrews might have hesitated just a bit 
And we're talking a matter of an inch between him catching the ball. So I, I got a hard time pinning all that on Lamar. But the overall thing is Lamar's going to lead comebacks. And we've seen he's done it against the Browns. He's done it many times this year. And you just have to be ready for that. You have to be ready to play 60 minutes or maybe 70 minutes. Um, but then you look at the Ravens, and you're right. If they'd won that game, they have a big lead in the division. They're a bigger lead in the division. And it feels like, okay, they're the team to beat. Now, I'm not so sure, Chad. And then you have the Marlon Humphrey injury, and you have other things they're dealing with. The right tackle's banged up. Um, you know, obviously, they're the favorite to win the division if you look at the odds, and they're a game up on Cincinnati. But I, I don't think it's a done deal by any stretch. And, you know, to give Browns fans some optimism if they're looking for it, you know, and I'm not saying this is going to be easy, but if the Browns win their four AFC games, right, which is Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and the Raiders, and then they play Green Bay at Green Bay. But if the Browns can win those four AFC games. That gets them to 10 and 7, right? I think that wins the division. And the reason I say it is because then the, the, if the Browns win Sunday, they'll only be a game behind the Ravens. It, they'd be probably behind Cincinnati, but they play them again and would beat them. They'd beat Pittsburgh. I think the Browns then would have the best division, in the best record inside the division, which gives them the tiebreaker. And everybody else's schedule is hard too. So I don't think anybody's going to finish this season going 4-1. and one. So if the Browns go 4-1, and one, I, I think they win the AFC North as long as all four wins are in the AFC. And that is, and I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. That is a, that is a big if because you're, you're asking them to win three division games. And we talked about this a few weeks yep. ago or whatever, about how bad they've been in their division since they've come back to the NFL. I mean, what is it? I, I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. I have it written down in uh, somewhere, but yeah, we know the history. They, they, they don't win in their division. No, they, well, they've never won the AFC North, right? It started in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, you're right. It's a huge ask. I'm just saying, well, you know, I, I think there's a thought out there that, hey, if they go 10, 10 and 7, they might not even make the wild card. And, yes, that's true. But I think if they go 10 and 7 with the only loss coming or with the loss coming at Green Bay, I think the Browns win the division. So that's, that's it awesome. has to start that, Sunday, right? But, yeah, I, I yeah. think it's there. I, I, guess. I think they can get – I agree with you. I think they can get in at 10-7. and seven. I, I, I think they have to go 4-1. and one. I, I think they have to. I, I, I don't think they have to go 5-0. and oh. Maybe at the end of the day they will, but I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, I don't think they get in with nine wins, but I, I think no. 10 wins gets them in. I've yeah. always thought that. Right. Yeah, and, and I think it not, it not only gets them in, it probably wins a division and you get a home game, right? And the Browns haven't had a home playoff game since, what, 1994, I want to say. So, so, I mean, it's, again, going back to the beginning, it's all there in front of them, right? As bad as they've been, as inconsistent, it, bad might be too strong, as inconsistent and mediocre as they've been, and as hard as it is, as difficult as it is, expecting them to go on a run when they haven't won two in a row since week two, three, weeks two, three, and four. When the last three games have been poor, especially on offense, so it's hard to say, yes, this team is poised to go on a run. But if it can, then, yeah, we're, I think we're looking at the chance, a realistic chance, to host a playoff game, assuming they can go on this run, which means Baker's got to play better, the offense has to play better, 
so on and so on. And you remember who their head coach was when they were in that home playoff game? I do. It's Bill Belichick. Yeah, I was at that game, Scott. Were you really? <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah, I was, was I was I was hung over at Northwestern because it was the day after New Year's. I, th- I think it was New Year's Day, if yeah, I remember correctly. It, yeah, they beat uh, they beat the Patriots. Yeah, and, they beat Bill Parcells and the Patriots. Yeah. And then went on to lose to the Steelers. Yep. And so I mean, oh gosh, I I, I just had to stop there. So a great <laughs> memory, <laughs> a great memory. Well, anyway, I mean that's a big ask though. Right. Um, but we'll we'll see if they can pull it off. Um. But bottom line is, it is a note that I had written down, and I didn't bring it up until now. It's, I mean, you got to win your division games, and that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, if they if they want to get to the playoffs, and I guess the bottom line is they have the chance, as bad as it's been. Yes. And I, you know, I wrote that in my piece tomorrow. You know, even though they're down, they're not out. I mean, no one expected them to be six and six, but they're still there uh, with this crazy NFL season. So. You know, you, you, you got that to look forward to at least, um, you know, and I expect the fans to come out and just be electric on Sunday. Yeah, I would think so, too. It'll be interesting to see the Baker dynamic, right? I think the last time he was home, they booed him and he didn't talk after the game, right? So um, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but I think you're right. I, I think you set the stage, shut in. And for fans, it needs to start Sunday. The Browns need to win Sunday. If they don't, you've asked me how many times this year if a game's a must win. This is as close as it gets to a, much, a must win. If they lose this one, I think you can start to write the obituary on the season. If they win, all of a sudden, then you can start talking about hope and can they build on this, right? So this is as big as it gets. Um, arch rival at home, December. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. I really do. All right. You want to get to predictions? Yeah, let's wrap this up. I got to get out to Berea here pretty soon. All right. Uh, let's see here. I believe this is uh, they played 12 games. I'm nine and three and you're seven and five, I think. Mm, all right. So that's two all games right. off. Yeah, I mean, that's, not, yeah, too that's, that's yeah. not too bad. I mean, I think, you know, you're over 500. We're both over 500. It's a, especially in the NFL. I mean, and if we were talking Vegas here, as I mentioned all the time, you, you're better in Vegas than I am. <laughs> Although I will say, I do these picks with my buddies. We just pick four games a week just for fun. Yeah. And I saw Steelers plus three and a half, and I jumped all over that one yeah. last. I mean, give me Steelers plus three and a half at home in that rivalry. I mean, that was I was kind of surprised by that line. I was too. Um, yeah, I was too. Yeah. Yep. yeah, no doubt. Uh, who goes first? I think. I think, it's, uh, I think it's me. Yeah, I think you go yep. first. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> again little confidence in these picks because I haven't been as successful as I'd like. I, I think the Browns, I think the Browns are going to do what they need to do. Uh, we talked about it. I like their mindset. I think Stefanski's going to have a plan. We talk about how smart he is. That shows up coming out of a bye, right? That's when the best coaches are tough to beat coming out of a bye. And given all the issues going on with the Ravens, I think, I think it's there for the Browns. And I think Stefanski will make enough tweaks and the Browns will be able to beat the Ravens. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to contain Lamar Jackson the same way they did in Baltimore. I think we're going to see a few more points scored. Um, but I'm going to pick the Browns to get it done. And I'm going 24 to 21. 24, 21 Browns. All right. Um, would you agree, though, and we have games where we feel pretty confident and we say, 
you know, I, I feel good about this. I feel yeah. confident it's going to go this way. Then we've had games where we're like, hey, it could go either way. Not to cop out or have a, an excuse if you're wrong, but you would agree this falls under that category, right? That you kind of think it could go either way, or do you feel yeah. 100% like – Oh no, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel 100 percent confident at all. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I think the spread is. <laughs> I think the last spread I saw in our paper was two and a half, Browns favorite. Yeah, you know, which means it could go right. either way. Um, I, I do like their chances, but again, after the way they played the last three weeks, it's awfully or three games, it's awfully hard to have a lot of confidence. Period. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I, I'm going to say that I was all about going one team. For the last week and a half, I really was. And I was going to come out here and pick that team to win. I felt pretty confident about it. Uh, in the last two days, I've done a 180 and I've switched. Oh, boy. And, yeah, and I, maybe we usually make our predictions. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. We, you know, a lot of times, we, well, we make them on Tuesdays. I, uh, you know, I, I definitely could see a case where the Browns could come out and knock the Ravens doors off at home off the bye, and they could maybe blow them out. I mean, I, I guess nothing surprises me. And the fact they're favored leads you to think that, yeah, they can win this game. Scott, I'm doing a 180. I'm going Ravens. Okay. And I, here, here's why, uh, you know, the, I know the Ravens have the defensive injuries, but the Browns injuries on offense concern me. The uh, COVID injuries, the tight ends. Uh, I, I also am concerned about the big game factor. The Ravens win big games. The Browns need to show me that they can win this big game when it's all on the line. I'm not saying they haven't won big games over the last two years, but this one just feels bigger than most. I also go back to that crowd thing, and this is something that just has sat with me since the year ended last year. Even in home games, Baker's you know upset because the crowd doesn't quiet down when he needs them to. Uh, I've talked about how I feel that you know on the road, there's fans now. Uh, I, I just, I need to see them do it in a big game in an electric atmosphere. And the other thing too, is the Ravens haven't lost two straight this year. You got to go back to last yeah. year. I think they lost th three or so in a row. Um, I, I, I need to see them lose two in a row before I'm going to predict it. And, uh, I I'm going to go 23, 21 Ravens. We're almost identical at the score. Incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just am, and it, it pains me to do it. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going Ravens 23, 21. Yeah, I I mean, I can't argue with that. Sean, I think you make some good points about big games, not losing the two in a row. There's something to be said for that. We saw that from the Browns last year, right? It proved that they were a resilient, legitimate team because they did not lose two in a row, two in a row all year. So, um, you know, they've only lost two in a row once this year, the Browns. So, you know, that's kind of the yo-yo of their season. But I, I think you make a bunch of good points. Hey, before we sign off here, Something you said about the injuries did trigger something in my head. Um, yeah. It looks like we're going to see James Hudson the third, the rookie fourth-round pick, start at right tackle. Um, Stefanski wouldn't say, but all signs are pointing to that. Um, he's going to have to play better than he did in his only start this year because he was not very good, and that's why they went with Blake Hans for so long. But they're going with the rookie. Um, they need him to be an upgrade at right tackle over Hans now that – Jack Conklin's done for the year with that torn patella tendon. And, you know, without the tight ends that we're expecting them to be shorthanded there, you're going to see some Blake Hans as an extra offensive line. Austin Hooper said that um, Wednesday. So we'll see a little, you know, that's just one of the adjustments they're going to have to make. And 
you know, maybe when you go with the next offensive lineman, maybe that power works against the stacked Ravens D line, you know, or defense um, as opposed to a tight end. It gives you a bigger body in there. We'll have to see, but those are some of the post buy adjustments um, that we're going to see Sunday. It looks like so. Um, yeah. And, and one more note too is, yeah. you know, originally before the year started and even a couple weeks ago, I had the Browns losing in Baltimore and winning this game in Cleveland. So, yep. you know, I, I wanted to go to the Browns and I, and I think for a while I did think that I think if the Browns, I think if the Ravens would have beat the Steelers, I think I would have picked the Ravens. I would have picked the Browns. I yeah. think that the Ravens losing to the Steelers is a big factor in me changing my mind on this. So I really want the Browns to prove me wrong come out knock their doors off and i hope next week you know i'm nine and four and you're eight and five and i I really hope that's the case because that will be a game it will save the season and give us so much to talk about and look forward to so i hope i'm wrong but again we're not cheerleaders and if you want cheerleaders that's fine but you know (laughs) you you and i are always gonna you know we're gonna give it like we think yeah no i I think that's another good point i I believe in that too shut in the nfl if you lose a game the best teams bounce back from that. So I think that's, I think that is a really, a really good point. So hey, Chad, thanks so much again. We'll do this next week and we're either going to be talking about maybe the end of the season or the, uh, <laughs> or a quick Saturday night game with the Raiders that could yeah. give the Browns two in a row and really enhance their playoff position. So thank you, Chad. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, check out all my stories on brownzone.com including the Kurt Warner interview and the Troy Hill interview. Um, And Brownzone.com is sponsored by Fligners. So thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.